This week on the Montana Mint Sports Podcast, we look at the Grizz crazy loss to Portland State, what they can expect this week coming up against North Dakota, Montana State hosting Idaho for homecoming. We got our second and 10, our crowns, our gambling update. We give some grades around the big sky. Of course, we talk about the Calgary Stamps, a little Osweiler watch. We get just ready to go for week seven in the big sky. Let's go. Welcome back, everyone. We're heading into week seven. The Big Sky Conference slate is in full swing. Bear Tycoon's back. And I, it, it, is there anything uh, anything you want to talk about on your return to the to the podcast? We had a nice week off. Um, yeah. I I was completely detached, as as many of you who subscribe to the newsletter know. I told everybody, Bobcats are on a bye this week, and the Grizz have a de facto bye against Portland State. Um, so they should go out, enjoy the weather, uh, enjoy a vacation. On the pod last week, you guys talked about how it was a perfect wedding weekend. Uh, all that was true. The only people who did not get the memo were the Montana Grizzlies, who blew the worst game that I can remember as a Grizz fan. What, do you have any other comparison from past Grizz games of something that was worse than this? I don't. Uh, I have no idea what could be worse. I mean, Portland State hadn't won a game, a conference game, since 2016. Uh, they were playing in. They went 0 11 last year. Yeah. Come to Washington Grizzly this year, and in front of 25,000 people, pull off the biggest upset that I can remember happening in the regular season in the Big Sky Conference. Yeah, 26. 0 11 in the last. 0 11 last year. Hadn't won a conference game since 2016, and they come in and knock off the Grizz. It was unbelievable. Oh. I. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The the wedding I happened to be at was for a Missoula guy um, in Asheville, North Carolina. Everybody was detached. Early in the day, we were all joking about how, you know, thank God uh, our buddy had his wedding this weekend. We don't, don't really have to watch this game. And by the end of the night, the wedding was on Sunday, rehearsal on Saturday. The At Saturday night, we were all huddled around my phone watching the Pluto TV app trying to figure out what the hell was going on. At halftime, when the Grizz were down, uh, uh, when they were down, was it 10-0 or 13-0 at half? Um, 13. 13-0 at half. I, I made a point to one of my friends. It's like, I bet you the Grizz still cover. Like, they're moving the – they're going to be moving the ball in the second half. Like, Portland State is – there's no way they can keep, they can keep this up. Yeah. The Grizz are going to come out, and then it was Whoa. just more of the same. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, this is classic Grizz. You know, they come out, they get everybody excited. They're not going to perform. They're not going to win this game. They'll come out in the second half. They're going to rock them, just like kind of the Sacramento State uh, earlier this year. Exactly. When they came back and just kind of took care of business like they should have. And as the as the second half started going, I was watching. I was going, well, they're not pulling away. Like they scored two quick, or two touchdowns to take the lead, but Portland State just kept taking every punch in that second half that Montana was giving them, and just taking it, uh, not going down, waiting for that counter punch, and then finally with that last second field goal to win the game. I was stunned. I was ecstatic. I was jumping and running around the house watching that game on Pluto. It was, it was absolutely unbelievable, and I will not apologize for being a Montana State fan 
going crazy about a Grizz loss. I will not apologize for that because it was an amazing, amazing weekend for me. Yeah, congratulations to you. There's there's no way to sell this as a Grizz fan of like, well, you know, if only this would have happened or, you know, at least this happened and that's something to be good at. This is a terrible loss. It was the And Grizz first... Nation is, like you said, they're losing their shit. Like, yeah. This is, this, is their this, first this was loss. not supposed to happen. First loss to Portland State since 1987. So Portland State had never won a game at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Yeah. Ever. Probably 10 years before every Grizz player, or, yeah, probably about 10 years before every Grizz player was even born. And uh, <laughs> Coach Barney um, from Portland State was saying, you're supposed to act like you've been here before, you know, after they were celebrating after the game. He's like, we haven't. We've never done this before. <laughs> These kids, like, I don't think they had a kid that had actually played in Washington Grizzly Stadium uh, before this. So they, every one of them was coming in, which goes to show you how stupid the Big Sky schedule is, that there's... yeah probably fifth-year seniors on there that haven't played there. But he said, yeah, what are we, how are we supposed to act like we've been here before we haven't? This is amazing, and they celebrated, and I celebrated as well. They, and they should be celebrating. I mean, for a program that we rightly make fun of week after week as being so bad, um, this was probably, I'd imagine, the biggest, most impressive win in their – have they made the playoffs? Weren't they well, pretty good a couple ago, years ago? The, two years ago, two or three years ago, they won the conference uh, – that's right. Kind of came out of nowhere and won the conference. So, like, they had some success. Uh, Coach Barnum got that extension, and then That's the last right. two years have obviously been insanely rough for them. I knew they were good. Uh, I knew they were good yeah. a couple years ago, but I forgot if they. they yeah, he the got a big extension, and then. Uh, but man, I, I still can't believe it. I texted a few people after the game, uh, Grizz fans, and you know they get pissed off saying. Like, uh, you know, this is like the, I think you were the one that actually tweeted it out that this is the biggest Montana State victory in a while. And, <laughs> you know, I just took every single one of those and I was like, again, I'm not going to apologize for this. This is absolutely an amazing win. The best part is that it happened on a Montana State bye week. All eyes were on the Grizz in Portland State. Montana State fans were watching it. Grizz fans are watching it. And this happened. Montana State, a loss couldn't take it off the shine off of this Grizz loss. Um, a close game against us, a bad opponent, couldn't take the shine off this Grizz loss. It was the perfect weekend for this to happen if you're a Montana State fan. And everybody looked bad, right? Like Dalton Sneed in the first half was yeah, one of benched. 12. One of 12 for... He got benched for a years. series. Yeah, he got benched for a series. And this was a guy that for five straight games before this, we were talking about how great he was, right? Like it was he, unbelievable. And I, I still don't get it. Like Troy Anderson went to Portland and ran all over the same team two weeks ago. And I, I still can't put my arms around like what happened and why they came out so flat. I mean, is it your classic, like you go into this game just not giving a shit about it because you're gonna roll them so bad, like you just don't care? It has to Did be. he not have that fire? Because it was odd watching the offense look that lethargic in the first half and the defense letting, of all teams, Portland State be able to drive down the field basically whenever they wanted to. And then that, that field goal at the end, which we haven't even talked about yet, 52-yarder with that left four seconds on the clock. Like, yeah. that's, that is insanely clutch. Yeah. I mean, and... It's it, unbelievable. There's, you know, blame to go around all over the place. I mean, the, the thing that stuck out with me, and there's been a lot written on, on this, but uh, the offensive line, I mean, the Grizz offensive line was so bad. And during his yeah, press yeah, conference... Yeah. Sneed had no time. No time. And, I mean, he was getting hit. And during the press conference, Coach Houck was asked about um, to comment on the offensive line. And he was like, well, uh, you know, I don't want to comment. It's like, what are you talking about? 
you get paid one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars a year. Clearly, the offensive line was uh, the issue, and he <laughs> was asked about it directly. And he was like, ah, "No, next question. I'm not going to talk about that anymore." Like, give me, give me a break. He did look. He did look distraught after that game. Like, yeah. hand, head in his hands, telling him it's his fault. You know, he has to look in the mirror. He looked. He looked absolutely shell shocked, which is how I like to see Coach Houck as a Cats fan. Like I didn't like that was just that's not the Bobby that was the first time. The first Bobby does not lose this game to Portland State on homecoming in Missoula. This is the this is the Bobby 2.0, and he did not see that coming, and he looked absolutely devastated. Well, and I mean, we kind of make fun of Idaho for moving up to FBS and then moving back down and not having the success that they they wanted when their fan base was a little arrogant with them moving down. You know, we're, we've been the big mm-hmm. boys, the FBS. Like, yeah, I, I think Hauk is kind of in the same boat. Like, if you're a UNLV fan who was happy to see him go, uh, and then you Which read in the paper were, that he lost to uh, Portland State, who was ranked <laughs> 213 in the Sagarin race. Out of like, 200, out of, out of 225. <laughs> it's, it's humiliating. Like, they um, are almost so, literally, almost literally the worst team in the FCS. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, he uh, he should be pissed. I uh, my my thought on Saturday, uh, and granted I was a few beers deep, but my my initial thought was like these guys definitely all went out on Friday. Um, this was homecoming. This was a game that they didn't have to take too seriously. They're riding high. Uh, I, I don't know how else to explain this. Like how else? I don't either. Um, like I really I don't understand it. It was unbelievable. Yeah, um, and there's a few. You know, I've seen a few tweets and posts on egress trying to say trying to pull a hot take nade and be like well if it wasn't for a missed holding call you know the grizz would have won this game if it wasn't for a missed face mask or a missed this or a missed that that's that's just football it should have never been that close yeah, exactly. it never should have even come down to one or two things this should have been a game like the montana state doubled up portland state on the scoreboard and with a lot with a linebacker yeah. at quarterback yeah and it's uh you know let's not try to sugarcoat this 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 was a terrible loss. A football game, you know, in terms of refs' mistakes and, uh, you know, mental mistakes by players. Like, that's just how it goes. It's an imperfect game being played by imperfect players, and there's going to be mistakes. As a team, Montana going against Portland State, you have to, you have to be up by more than one point against a team like this. Yeah, uh, down like the stretch. Were, like yeah. it's such bullshit no to try to make excuses. There's no, there's nothing. The only good takeaway from all of this, um, and there, some guys did look good, uh, and just got to give it a shout out to our boy Dante Olson, um, who had he's good. 19 he's tackles really good. and uh, two forced fumbles. So he's the lone bright spot. But I mean, I'm not happy about <laughs> any of this. This reminds me of one of my favorite things from watching that game on Pluto. So obviously I was watching on Pluto. There was the SWX feed uh, over. And one of the color commentators, they're showing a replay of the last touchdown that Portland State scored. The running back barrels into the end zone. Robbie Houck, is that his name? Robbie Houck? Robbie Houck uh, tackles him about three or four yards in the end zone, like hits him after the touchdown's already basically called. And the Grizz color announcer goes, well, that, that's a, that is a great tackle by Robbie Houck there. He, he, got him, he got him pretty good. He goes, uh, too bad it was three or four yards into the end zone, but a great, great tackle there. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. this is what you guys are resorting to is, is calling out great tackles in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. It was unbelievable. So um, that, I mean, 
we, we could literally spend a whole podcast talking about that game. Uh, it's been on my mind since Saturday. I think it's been on literally everybody's minds. Like, how the hell does that happen? And so now you look at it, you're like, now the Grizz travel to North Dakota against a team that's, you know, an up and down team, it seems like, with North Dakota. They beat the number five team at the time, Sam Houston State, and then lost to surprising Idaho State, which at the time looked like a really bad loss. Yeah. 25 to 21, only by four points to Idaho State, and they kept Idaho State under 60 points and then beat who they should have beat, Northern Colorado. And now they get the Grizz. Like, we don't know what this North Dakota team is. We have no idea. And now the Grizz are following a loss like that that may question, make them question what kind of team they are. Like, what do you think going into this week is going to happen? Like, what Grizz team is going to show up? I, I mean, I... So let me just state that this was an awful loss. And... It, inexcusable and there's nothing that you should try to point out as a good thing but I do think that one game does not make a season um, and so I would imagine we're going to see a Grizz team that is an average of these five games that they've played right like I think that they are going to look more like they did against Sac State and, and Cal Poly but I, I'm willing to but believe is that, that Sac State game looking good anymore? Yeah, I, I'm, the Grizz looked fine, though, right? Like, they look, they beat them as they should have, um, even where yeah. Sac State's fallen. Or, I mean, Cal Poly obviously has some talent, as, as we've been seeing. But um, these are, you know, I think that the Grizz can beat UND, but they're favored by two. I, I can't see how you can favor a team that just lost to Portland State at home against anybody. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It absolutely made that weekend. Like we, like we, we talked about last week's pod, and you kind of mentioned it. Is like that was gonna be the most boring slate of Big Sky games, and it gave us an awesome game of NAU Weber State. It gave yep. us this amazing upset here. It gave us uh, a scoreboard watching to see how many points Idaho State was gonna put up on Idaho. Like it was an amazing weekend in the Big Sky, and we gave everybody horrible advice saying take the week off, be with your friends and family, don't watch Big Sky football because it turned out to be freaking awesome. Yes. I will, I will agree <laughs> with that. That Idaho State game, um, I know we're probably going to – yeah, I got something for second and ten on them, so I won't waste it now. Yeah, don't waste it now because we have to talk about like – so North Dakota, you just think the Grizz have to come out and show that they learned something from that Portland State loss. They have to come out and start hot and get everybody's mind off of losing to one of the worst teams in the FCS. North Dakota, if this was last year – the Grizz are going to come out and blow North Dakota out, but North Dakota is like one of those sneaky teams where you literally don't know what they are yet. I don't, I don't know if I agree that the Grizz from last year would be um, better equipped to handle this team. No, no, I mean North Dakota from last year. Oh yes, yes, yeah. I mean, like if this was the North Dakota from 2017, the Grizz are going to go in there and beat them. Yeah, I mean they've but they've looked tough, and it's kind of weird because we're following them with like only one eye, right? Like they're yeah. kind of a conference. Team like it doesn't matter until you play them. Right. And that's what... Uh, now, now it matters. <laughs> that's what somebody asked that of Hauk during the press conference, and his response was basically, uh, you should ask North Dakota that question because it's a conference game for us. The, the question was something like, you know, is it weird for you to be playing a team that's independent but counts as a conference game for you? For the Grizz, this is a conference game, and everyone yeah. else in the Big Sky playing them. For North Dakota, it's, you know, maybe it's they a, get up. It's a playoff resume. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's all it is. And they have a good resume right now with a win over 
Mississippi Valley State, who everybody can beat, uh, a loss to FBS Washington, and then a win against Sam Houston, a misstep against Idaho State, a win against Northern Colorado. So they paid, they've played like a top three team in the Big Sky and a bottom three team, and now they get the Grizz, who are smack dab in the middle. So we really will see what North Dakota is made of. Not that we care at all, because uh, North Dakota does not play Montana State. So after this weekend, we'll probably stop talking about them unless it comes down to it in that last week. But this is going to be, this. I honestly can't remember the last time the Grizz have had a two game losing streak. If they go to, um, I don't think it's been that long. You don't? No. Go back and, while I'm talking, go back and check that out. And by the way, where the hell is North Dakota? The state? What city? No, well, I know where the state is. Uh, it's north of South Dakota. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll look that up first. So Fargo is UNS, <laughs> NDSU, right? Yeah, Grand Forks. Grand Forks. I was going to think right. of it. So while you're looking that up, um, a little tidbit, Nate Kettingingham. Ketting in nailed it. Was a uh, he used to be the old nailed it, got it. Uh, it's kind of like a Mayor Meyer situation, but he used to be the quarterback over at Sacramento State. Transferred to North Dakota last year, sat out the year, and now is their starting quarterback. So this guy, uh, he was good at Sac State. So he is not uh, he's not a garbage quarterback. He actually outdueled Dakota or. Uh, Tyler Brugman and Chris Murray two years ago up in Sacramento. This guy led the Hornets to a win over that duo of quarterbacks at Montana State. So it's a name that we've seen before, but most people didn't know that he transferred over to North Dakota from Sacramento State. Do you know that... So how's my, how's my stat looking? Uh, well, two things I want to look up. One, Missoula is okay. uh, almost 15 hours away by bus uh, to the University of North Dakota. Uh, so hopefully nobody is driving that. Um, but two, yeah, watch it, watch it on Pluto. Two, I'm, I, it feels weird bragging about this that I'm right. But the Grizz in uh, 2016 lost two in a row twice. They lost at Northern Arizona and at Eastern Washington, and then and Eastern was ranked number three at the time. Um, but then after a win against Idaho State, lost at Northern Colorado, and then to your Montana State Bobcats. Okay, well, mostly, like, at the time, I thought that style was going to be something cool, but the unintended consequence of that was I made you look that up and then tell me about those <laughs> losses, which actually was pretty, that was pretty, that was, it actually worked in my favor in the long yeah. run. Yeah, that was fun. I'm 0 for 1 on my, I kind of like 0 for 1 on my statistics, but it actually worked out in my favor, so call that a win for All me. Right. What, how do you feel about this Idaho game? I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, I'm actually going through... Uh, cat football withdrawals. You know, is that that Eastern Washington game? It was fun. They didn't pull out the win. Uh, you and I never even get to talk about that because you had taken your little hiatus. Yeah. But I'm ready for. I don't like bye weeks as a fan. Like they're great for the team. I know they get get fresh, get a game plan in. Looking forward to this Idaho game. You saw what Idaho State did to them last week, so we know that they're not like a power to be reckoned with. And I think the thing I'm most interested about in this game is so Montana State has played like both ends of the spectrum really. We had that first game of the year against like a middle team. That was our only middle team we really played, Western Illinois. We got the win. Then we had to play South Dakota State, who is now the number two team. And then we got to play Portland State and Wagner, who are bottom of the barrel teams. And then we had to play Eastern Washington, who's now the number four team. So Montana State really hasn't had one of those tests to show what kind of team they really are, in my opinion. Like, 
if this is an evenly matched game, what are we going to do here? Are we going to rise to the occasion and win a game we should? Or are we going to stall out and not be the team that some of us think they are by playing a team that's you know pretty evenly matched with us? So it's if that made any sense at all to you, mm-hmm. I don't know if it did. Did it? Are you? No? Yeah, did I'll it? kind of buy that. Um, well, it's, it's just I want – I'm really interested. I'm actually excited for this game in two things because I didn't have a game last week and because I want to see what they're going to do against a team like Idaho that's not in the top freaking three of the – in the United States and it's not one of the bottom 10 in the whole FCS. Yeah. And so I have a lot of expectations for this game. I think Montana state wins this game. The spread is seven. My prediction was probably going to be 24, 17. I think the cats win this game. Um, I have heard some rumors on Bobcat nation. Well, I guess I read them cause it's not like an audio site, but I read some rumors on Bobcat nation that Robig's in a walking boot. Uh, so I think it's going to be Troy Anderson, which absolutely blows my freaking mind. Uh, it is going to be Troy Anderson, I believe. God based on, damn it. You should feel Why? pretty good. Um, I don't. Jeff Choate's uh, press conference, he talked about all the preparation to get uh, Troy Anderson ready for, for the game against Idaho. Oh, and, so it is going to be Troy. And huh? he said, uh, you know, Troy spent over the past two weeks, because there was a bye week, he said that Troy Anderson spent about 10 minutes on Idaho-specific work. Otherwise, he was focused on mechanics. Uh, so that's a good thing to, to be figuring out in October. Well, I think the big... Yeah, that's a good point. Like, yeah, the mechanics in October, not great. Shows you might not have a quarterback at quarterback. Um, but I think the game plan against Idaho is probably going to be the same no matter what. Is like, Troy's going to drop back. Make one read. If it's not there, run. Or Troy's going to drop back. Oh, it's a draw. He's going to run. Like, I don't know how much game planning you have to do with Troy Anderson at quarterback, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's a fair point. I I, th- I think that the, uh, you know, going into the year, I think I counted this as a guaranteed loss for the Bobcats. Um, and now it seems like it has swung in the complete other direction just based on uh, what they've been doing. Uh, Idaho recently this this is a guaranteed win for the Bobcats I'm putting oh you're guaranteed putting it in the put it in the books the Bobcats are going to beat Idaho you're putting the G chain on it the guaranteed yes. chain this gets you a guarantee of the week locked, huh? locked in scares me because we did some of that stuff last week and it didn't really pan out so but going back <laughs> I'm not going to guarantee it because I won't do that. But uh, the last two, I feel like you should games, guarantee it. It's what the people want to hear. You gonna. know, you guarantee they it. Want, they slack. want it. I did not. That's a lie. Um, so looking back at the last two conference games, these two have played. You know, obviously, it's been a while. So uh, 1994, October 15th. So we're almost going. What is that? 24 years, almost to the day. Uh, Montana State took an L to the number four ranked Idaho Vandals at the time. Mm-hmm. In 94, 27 to 13 in Idaho in front of 9,000 people. The next year, October 7th, 1995, is the last time Montana State has actually hosted Idaho. It was the last conference game uh, that they that these two teams have played. Montana State actually knocked off number 24 Idaho, 16 to 13. So a lot of relevance there. We have the win streak, we have the momentum, and I think that does carry into this weekend, knowing that uh, in that last conference game uh, we knocked them out. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that... We're, we're a streaky team. Yeah, I'm sure uh, zero players were alive when that happened. 95, 95. So that'd be yeah, 23. You'd have to be like... A, maybe a fifth year. We'd have to be going to like... Fifth year senior. It'd have to be like... It'd have to be like uh, one of those players that transferred from like Utah, Utah State or Weber State that went on their mission who's playing football <laughs> at 28. 
like maybe they were alive during that, but yeah, most non-Mormon players are probably not alive the last time these two teams played a conference game. Yeah. And then you remember two years ago, three years ago, Choate's first year, Tyler Brugman and the Montana State Bobcats went down there to Idaho and lost a close one uh, while Idaho was still FBS. That's... And that was when I was already saying that Brugman's not the answer. We that was a pretty good game, though, right? It's a three-point game. It was close. Cats definitely had a chance. They should have won that game. Ugh. And then two, two games later is when they turned the reins over to Murray. Yeah, like two and a half games later. It was actually after that Sac State game. They, that Murray came in at halftime, and then it was Murray's team the rest of that year and the next year. And Jeez, then obviously not this year, but yeah. So it's gonna be a. It, it's I think it's gonna be a. It's gonna be an insanely physical game. Neither of these two teams can do literally anything through the air. Um, I went on to the Tubbs at the Club podcast, uh, the Idaho Fan podcast this week. We were kind of talking about it, and uh, Chris over there was even saying that uh, they have no air game. They kind of play like a hybrid quarterback system where it's all basically scripted out which quarterback's going to be in. So there's not there's a starter obviously, yeah. but there's not really like it's like a platoon system. So it's going to be really interesting to see. So we're going into a game. It's going to be snowing. It's going to be cold, and both teams have a combined total of healthy quarterbacks of zero. <laughs> this is going to be unbelievable. Has there ever been a situation where there's two teams that play quarterback by committee going against each other? Probably not that we're ever going to be able to look up in the time that it takes to record this oh, podcast. Man. Well, it's uh, So it's going to be an interesting game. That's actually the game of the week that's on Root. So Root was like, yeah, let's do it. And they're going to get there and be like, holy shit, we have like no quarterbacks in They probably thought going into the year like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Like Idaho's going to be, you know, ranked and this is, will be a cupcake game for them going into Montana. We'll get the Bozeman fans. This is a no-brainer. Do you think a single Idaho fan is going to watch this game after the ass-kicking they took last week against Idaho State? The diet. The diehards will watch this game, but as a casual fan, if I was still pissed about dropping down to the FCS and then actually, like, just absolutely getting destroyed by Idaho State, I would not be watching this game. Oh, it is. The diehards will. The diehards will watch. And Chris from uh, Tubbs at the Club, he's going to actually be in Bozeman to watch this game. Oh, nice. So he'll have, he'll have fun there, but yeah, it's only the diehards, and he's definitely a diehard. Right. Guaranteed. Bobcats win over Idaho. Lock it down. That's you saying that. That's you saying that I will not. You're re, you're trying to do the reverse jinx that uh, Montana Parlay and I did last year on the Lock Grizzlies, it down. Or last week on the Grizzlies. I'm not locking anything down. It's going to be a good game. The Cats are going to win, but I will not put the G chain on that All one. All right. I see Edge giving us the signal. Should we move on to second and ten? Do you have any more, I think any it's more time. points? No. Um... It's gonna be a it's gonna be a great weekend in Bozeman. We just have to make sure we don't have the same homecoming fate as the Grizzlies did last That's, week. That was a really awesome point. Do you have any more points this for this? It's gonna be a great game in Bozeman. Another. <laughs> it's gonna be. I'm excited. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a great game. All right. Uh, you go first. Jerry is saying. Okay. Um, I'm going first this as, time because I was. I've actually I have perfect attendance on the yeah, podcast. As so everyone remembers, top ten stories from the week. Uh, Nate and I do a minute each at a minute mark our producer Jerry's got a bell system that is we can only hear it in the headsets that we're wearing and then we know to move on to the next topic so Nate it's really high tech Nate you go ahead and start and when you start talking the second you start talking the clock starts got it okay so my first one is Tanner Geller from Idaho State did you see how many TDs he threw for? a lot eight Whew. 
When you say a lot for a quarterback throwing touchdowns, you're thinking five or six, not eight. Like eight's a shit ton. Yes. That's what your answer should have been. <laughs> so he threw one He threw one to his – it's a shit ton of touchdowns. He threw one to his brother, four to a guy named Michael Dean, and then four other – or two other receivers after that caught touchdowns. A couple guys had two. It's unbelievable. Eight touchdowns. Uh, all through the air. He didn't do any with his legs. ESPN actually on their college game day, like after show, post game show, gave Idaho gave him the helmet sticker. Wow. Um, for the for the week, they had no Idaho State, so they put it on like uh, Idaho State helmet. So they put it on like a generic ESPN helmet. <laughs> and so so Idaho State, I saw on Twitter, Idaho State equipment team like did a video about they're going to get a Idaho State helmet over to the ESPN crew. But eight touchdowns is unbelievable. Against a team that was in the FBS last year, and it's not like they did this against Portland State or Wagner. Uh, unbelievable, Tanner Geller, eight touchdowns. That's pretty freaking awesome. So, a couple interesting facts about this: before this weekend's game, Idaho State had four passing touchdowns. They had eight, eight in this game. Uh, Southern Utah, it's Southern Utah, Sac State, Montana State, Weber State, Cal Poly. All of those teams, the one thing that they have in common is that they have thrown less touchdowns over the course of the season than Geller did on Saturday against Idaho. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that's a good stat. You did your homework there. That's, that's nice. That's yeah, good. I like doing my homework, so I sound smart. Great job. One thing that, was good. that will make me uh, feel even smarter is you're a big quarterback guy because you're a big quarterback yeah, so guy. So I'm moving on to my number two, uh, or my number one. You're number one. Uh, yeah. Number two overall, number one for me. But if you're focused on quarterback, I love the fact that uh, my number two is just about Mitch Geller. This is quarterback Geller's brother. He's having himself one mm-hmm. heck of a year. As a Grizz fan, we remember him uh, for the game that they played against us, the Geller brothers. Mitch right now is the number two receiver in terms of yardage per game in the Big Sky Conference. He has four touchdowns. Um He's, it's just a ton of fun to watch. These two brothers go together. Um, so where your boy, Tanner Geller, is ranked number three in passing yards per game, your dumb Bobcat brain goes there because he's a quarterback. When you actually look, yeah. his brother Mitch... It's jealousy, is, man. Jealousy's a very his, strong His emotion. brother Mitch is actually having a more impressive season. 117 yards per game. Well, anybody can catch him. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it for me. All right, well, yeah, the Gellers are pretty damn good, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> All right, I'll get, to my, I'll get to my second one. And you gave, speaking of receivers, what's wrong with uh, Jerry Lou McGee? Uh, we'll explain what you're asking. Okay, I'll explain. Thank you for asking. Uh, so against Sac State, uh, I'm sorry, against, <laughs> against Cal Poly, he had two receptions for four yards, mm-hmm. zero rushes. Last week against Portland State, he had one reception for negative two yards and a rush for three yards. So in the last two games, JLM has three receptions for two yards, a rush for three yards for a grand total of five yards of total offense if you don't count like his special teams, which there wasn't a ton of. Uh, is Jerry Lumagee's production going down? He's had two good games. He did have two good games. He had over 100 yards, I think, against Drake. Um, and then he had 50-some yards against... Western Illinois, I believe, but a lot more, a lot quieter than years past. Is this a direct correlation between Bobby Houck's offense versus Stitt's offense? Because 
Are teams figuring him out, or is there just something different with the offense? What do you think? <sighs> well, Nate, he is uh, number five in the Big Sky Conference for receptions per game. Well, he had 14 in one yeah. game against but Drake. This is, this is how football works. But I'm looking at the last couple of games. His right. production's going down. What's going on? I think it is probably just the ebbs and flows of a football season where when you have one star player, defenses focus on them. He just had a kid. Maybe his head's not in the game. The Grizz are spreading the ball around a ton. There's a hundred different reasons that you can explain it. There's not a hundred. There's not a hundred different yeah. reasons. I just listed off three without really thinking about it. I'm not worried. So now we're, we're going to wait here until you do 97 more. <laughs> I'm not too worried about it when there's four more players in the league uh, that have more receptions per game than he does. He had 14 in one game. I get, you know, you always give me shit about taking stats up, but you have to take, there's outliers in statistics. Yeah, but you, show me if there weren't outliers in these other four players, like you just find a weird stat and focus on it. I, I think Jerry Louie McGee is doing just fine. Um, and I'll make know. another lock. He's going to have, that's just some blind allegiance to it him. might be, but he will have a huge game either this week or the week after the bye, And I'll be able to rub <laughs> this in your face. That is not a lock. That is not Put a lock. In. You cannot say that he's either going to have a good game like this time or maybe the next one. He'll have a, down I just wrote a, it down. He'll have a great game. That's a, nope. I'm not letting you write it down. That's a clown prediction. Great game at some point in the next three weeks. There's something there's something amiss with Jerry Lou McGee, and I'm going to figure this mm-hmm. out. Good. If you do, that would be a huge break for the Mint. Well, I'm going um, to. Speaking of great journalism. It's Bobby Howard. My number two. That's what it is. My number two, four overall, is uh, uh, Amy Just from the Missoulian is leaving. Uh, I thought she's done a terrific job over the past couple years covering the Grizz I guess a year and a half maybe covering the Grizz Um, huge loss I've always enjoyed reading her stuff especially following her on Twitter she does it better than anyone else in the state she's leaving for LSU to cover their basketball program Um, so just hats off to her and best of luck yes best of luck out there in SEC land that's it it? yeah I try to keep it keep it short (laughs) well that's good well you, you talked more than I did on my last one. So I'll go with uh, Gage Gabrud, our homeboy. Gabrud Gabrud. He was out last week. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you hear? Oh, yeah. So Gage Gabrud, he hurt his leg, uh, his foot, I guess, in the fourth quarter of that game against Montana State. So obviously, the face of their program, maybe one of their best quarterbacks they've ever had, which is saying something at Eastern Washington, uh, out for the game against Southern Utah last week. So obviously, they probably took a hit on offense. You would think, oh, right? Yep. They didn't, though. Man, Eastern Washington absolutely shit can Southern Utah, <laughs> 55 to 17 in Cheney. Sophomore Eric Barrera. Dude, this is so annoying. All these quarterbacks' names. Yes. Eric Barrier. Nailed it. B A B A R R I E R E. Why? Couldn't it be a last name like Smith? Or, it doesn't matter. Eric Barrier. How do you do? 330. He's a sophomore, 331 yards of total offense, three touchdowns. He had an 85-yard run that was ridiculous. I watched it on Twitter. A 48-yard reception on his first play of the game. Why, God, can Montana State not just record a goddamn quarterback? Because you have too many linebackers, and you need to put them somewhere to play. And it was so funny when you started talking about quarterback envy. Like, I looked at this, and I was like, the guy behind one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Eastern Washington came out, did the exact same thing. It's not a system quarterback. Like, 
place. It's like, this guy is good. Like, why can we not just get one of these dudes at Montana State? It's a good question. And we ponder it. Thank ponder you. it every week. Um, we do. Trust me, I do. <laughs> my next one is moving away from football because I've had enough of football after oh, this week. wow. That's weird. This is a football little podcast. Little shout out to uh, Will Cherry, former Grizz, and Josh Hustis, uh, Montana native. Uh, both of them just signed contracts in the NBA. Hustis. <laughs> Without a question? Hustis. Contracts? <laughs> Hustis signed a, a 10-day deal with the Spurs, or an Exhibit 10 contract, rather, which apparently is uh, a G League-type contract with the option of coming up to play. So he'll be playing with Popovich and the Spurs. He seems like the perfect replacement yeah. for Kawhi. Um, and... The Warriors, are the, who picked up Will Cherry, he's going to be playing their Santa Cruz uh, uh, G League team, but it would be team, awesome right? if he gets on there and gets himself a championship ring. That's true. I wonder if the G League team, like how many minutes you have to play up to get a championship ring? I don't know, because sometimes a guy gets traded. I'm going to research that. Sometimes a guy gets traded like midway through the year and they still give him a ring. Let me all do the research on that for a podcast uh, later. Perfect. How many minutes do you have to play in the, in a, on the actual NBA team to get a ring? Perfect. So that's my homework. So, But anyway, Josh Houston is going to the Spurs. I'm a massive Spurs fan. I love the Spurs. It's super excited for him to be there. Like you said, I, he like you kind of said it jokingly, he's going to fill in for Kawhi. Like, I don't think anybody can fill in for Kawhi, but it's these kind of guys who get some PT at other places and then go over to Greg Popovich and they'll thrive. So we're looking forward to that. He wears Montana mint gear as well. Uh, so it's pretty freaking cool to have him on my favorite NBA team. Yeah. I'm, so that's awesome. I'm pretty yeah, jacked. me too. If nothing else, watching the NBA this year, knowing that the Warriors are going to win the title again and nobody gives a shit anymore, like that's going to be the storyline that we get to watch from Montana is Josh Eustis and seeing how he does and then Will Cherry to see if he gets some time with the Warriors. Totally. We'll be covering it. Cool. We will be, definitely. So my fourth is a recurring theme, and it's getting to the point where our I, I tweeted at Pluto uh, this weekend. So I was looking on my ESPN app. I was checking out some scores of different games around the FCS, and I noticed that there's like half the games are on ESPN+. Plus. All the Missouri Valley Conference games, there was some conference that I don't even know who the hell they were, like over on the East Coast, and I could have just said in my ESPN app, watch now, watch now, watch now, because I didn't quit my trial. I don't know if you knew that. I forgot to, and... I got charged four ninety nine, but anyway, yeah, it's, whatever. It's it's actually pretty cool though. So I'm like, well, why the hell can't we get on to Pluto? I we're top two, three conference in the country. We have a fan base in Montana alone that would just subscribe to this, though we could watch the games when they're not at home, when they're not on SWX, when they're not on um, Root. And so I was watching that Grizz game against Sacks or against Portland State, and the sound was all jacked up. The video I know is coming from SWX, but it was skipping. Pluto was our savior last year when it was new to us because it gave us that access to games that we couldn't normally watch. I'm off the Pluto Blandwagon. It's the best thing we have. Off. I'm, I'm with you. I, agree I know it with, is. I know it is. I agree. And it was so cool last year. I agree year. with literally everything you said, but it's the best we got for Am now. Am I being a – the old saying, beggars can't be choosers – we begged for it. We got it. Now am I just getting too big for my britches and wanting to choose something better? Yeah. You give a mouse a cookie and he asks for a glass though. of milk. I want that milk. <laughs> True, but it's but like 
the Missouri Valley Conference has it. Like the Big Sky is on the same level as the Missouri Valley Conference and probably viewership and everything. The Big Sky has to get us on ESPN. We we want the mainstream, man. <sighs> Enough of that. People are probably sick of us talking about Pluto and how much it sucks. Go on, move on, go to your number four. And so my next one is super quick. Uh, it's something I think everyone in Montana, Grizz fans, Cats fans can agree on. Uh, certainly coaches Choate and Hauk agree that the Big Sky Conference schedule is just too damn big. Dog Both shit. coaches in their uh, press conference this week talked about it. Um, Hauk complained about how they don't have tape on every team. And Choate just kind of saying, like, I wish that Montana and Montana State could play Idaho and Idaho State and Eastern Washington every year because there's a natural uh, division. So I agree with the coaches. Yeah, it is too big. Let's cut out Portland State, uh, Northern Colorado, and any other team that's done me wrong over the past couple of years. It's just so annoying. It is so unbelievably annoying. Sac State basically got... Uh, you know, every they were everybody's sweethearts this year because of the of how they finished last year. Their schedule was dog shit last year, and nobody listened to me. Nobody listened to me, and finally this week they got exposed for the frauds that they were with Cal Poly coming to town and beating their ass. It's just so annoying not having a balanced schedule. It would make everything so much more fun. Like the Grizz don't have to play Eastern this year. The, uh, it, it's just. I absolutely hate our schedule. I wish they could do something about it. I don't understand the philosophy on bringing more teams in so that we didn't have this balanced schedule. That'd be a question for the Big Sky Commissioner at the time. I, I don't understand it. I, I absolutely hate it. Oh, I hate it. It makes me more mad than Pluto. Yeah. Um, all right. What What do you got? What do you got next? <laughs> all right. You know how I love polls, right? Like polls, P-O-L-L-S. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was looking at the Big Sky Conference in the polls this weekend. <laughs> a little little giggle box over there. Yeah. Uh, so Eastern Washington comes in at number four. Definitely warranted. Weber State dropped down to 13 after their loss at NAU. They should have never been in any world up at number six last week. They're at number 13 now. UC Davis uh, moved up two spots to number 14. Montana somehow, in what world, I don't know, stayed in the top 25 at number 22. And then we have receiving votes, Idaho State, Montana State, NAU. So Idaho State, number 27, they're two spots out of the 25, top 25. In what bizarro world are we in that Idaho State is not in the top 25 and Montana is? It's complete bizarro. I mean, we talked about this two weeks ago, I guess. Uh, the polls are sticky, right? Like, wherever you ranked <laughs> in the preseason poll is, is where you just kind of get stuck. Um, and so... Montana ranked. They had a bad loss. They're only going to drop. Uh, Montana State. Where do you but guys Montana, rank? The, 20, you're 30? 33rd. 33rd. But Montana was, yeah. They're at an inflated number 14, and then they lose to the worst team in FCS and drop to 22. It's right, just so we stupid. Started, we started in the top 25, and it's just you move. And that's based why on my where whole point was the polls suck at the beginning of the year. There's no reason to have preseason polls. Yeah, I mean, it is it is certainly a flaw that you have pointed out. Um, Numerous but I, times. I agree. I, think I feel that like if my you top at, five is always Pluto and the polls. If you look at the Cats and Grizz schedule, I mean, the fact that the two Grizz losses came against teams that uh, the Bobcats beat and the two teams have the same record, right? No, I guess the Grizz. What's yeah. the Cats' record? Same record. No, because we've played one more game. Oh, well, both have two losses. Okay, so... I mean, I think there's... I, I honestly think the Grizz are probably 
like right where they should be. Like they seem like talent wise, they're somewhere in the twenty to twenty five range, and they were a little inflated going into last There's week. There's no way that they should be in the top twenty five right now. It's complete bullshit that Idaho State's not in the top twenty five. Okay, we agree on that then. Yeah. We can go um, on that forever. So Jerry's saying go to the next one. He's pissed at me for laughing yeah, so much. This, that is, last time. this is super, super short. My <laughs> last one. My last one Your is last about one. is about uh, uh, next week. The Montana Mint is dropping a big surprise podcast. Big one. Huge interview. Um, it's a great, great podcast. We're super excited about it. It's been a few months in the making. I'm not going to give you any hints Longer than that. other than... Other than everybody's going to want to listen to this. Um, it's going to be awesome. Nate? It's going to be cool. I'm excited yeah. for it. Yeah. I listened to the first cut of it today, and it is awesome. So check your feed. It will be in the same feed as us and the Grizz Fan Podcast. Um, we, it won't be but a totally separate show, yeah. but, um, so it won't count towards our, our contest to see who gets the most listeners. Um, but it's going to be big. Like, legitimately, we, that's a lot of hyperbole. But it's going to be cool. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Proud that we got it. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Super pumped. So who? Uh, that's it for second and ten. Who do you got for your crowns this week? Right at 20. That was really good. Right at 10 minutes, too. Yeah. Um, wow. Good job, everybody. Yeah. So my crowns, uh, obviously, I could have gone with Portland State beating the Grizz. I could have gone with Idaho State shit-canning Idaho. But I'm going with <laughs> going, I keep running into these damn routines. But I'm going with Cal Poly and my boy... Joe Pro Throw. Okay. <laughs> so like I said just a second ago, Cal Poly exposed Sacramento State for the frauds that they are. Uh, they went into Sacramento, beat them 41-27. A very balanced attack actually this week. Did you see that? How balanced they were? How balanced were they? No? Okay. So 16 yards through the air <laughs> and 470 freaking yards on the ground. So Cal Poly went in there, ran, literally ran all over the Hornets. Uh, Joe Prothrow, my my uh, player crush uh, this year, 128 yards on like 40 carries, uh, like four yards. It was like four yards a carry, so he probably had like 32 carries. Uh, but yeah, so Cal Poly gets it because they finally showed everybody that Sac State is not what everybody thinks they are. They exposed them. I'm so glad that Cal Poly went in there and, and did that. So they get my crown for this week. Yeah, Sac State is like we're all over that, right? It was well now you are. It's easy to say after getting their ass kicked by Cal Poly. <laughs> I mean, they they're now two and three um, with their wins being over St. Francis and Northern Colorado. Like, I yeah, think we can. Call I think we're put, gonna be I a, think we're gonna put that. We're, they're, they're done. We're crossing them out. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a. Battle it was a nice. Of, it was a cute story while it happened. Battle of the toilets next week when they go into southern Utah. Yeah, get um, the Hornets out of here. Davis is the only team we need to be looking at up in Northern California. So I agree. I, I you know, on inter- I'm giving mine to Eastern Washington, Idaho State, Cal Poly. These teams had great wins, but Kings stay Kings. Um, and as long <laughs> as Eastern keeps keeps dominating, uh, especially with a backup quarterback, to me yeah. they are they are the the best team. And I, I view this as the the best team in the big sky not just kind of a flash in the pan win um but eastern gets it i do kind of give it to uh are you giving a kind of crown no 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 that's my rationale for teams is that they it's the best team in the big sky not based on that week but for players wow players i give my crown 
to the player I'm most impressed with, and how could we give it to anybody but uh, Geller from Idaho State? Eight touchdowns. Give me a break. He's, how, he's got how, the crown. You cannot how, say anybody else. How many touchdowns is eight touchdowns? A lot of touchdowns. It's a shit ton of touchdowns. <laughs> a lot of touchdowns is five or six. Like Mitchell Trubisky threw for a lot of touchdowns two weeks ago. Geller threw for a shit ton of touchdowns. So yeah. that you you would you you would think that Tanner Geller would be the only player in the Big Sky that could get our Player Crown of the Week, but I would say to you that that's not true. Okay, are you going to give it to the Portland State kicker? Well, thanks for blowing it, but yeah, Cody Williams, <laughs> kicker, Portland State freshman kicker, 52-yard field goal to win the game, silenced 25,000 Grizz fans. Oh, it was amazing. It, it it's a kick that I mean, there when you it's one of those kicks. So I watched before I watched that game, I was watching the Texas um, Oklahoma game, the Red River Showdown. And Texas hit hit a kick at the last second to win that game. A freshman kicker hit that. So I flip over. I'm watching Pluto. I'm seeing this game. I'm like, there's no way I see two freshman kickers hit these massive field goals to win the game. I proved myself wrong. Cody Williams did it. He gets my crown of the week for going in there. And they ended a 12-game conference losing streak with that kick. Yeah, Nate. We all watched the game. Yeah, um, but that's some pressure. Like You have to admit that, that you give that kid a crown. You know, Cody Williams... I do know Tanner Geller. Tanner Tanner, Geller. When they're in Butte, Montana, they're staying at the Finland Hotel. We got to thank our main sponsor, the Hotel Finland in the great city of Butte, uh, for sponsoring this. As you know, the Finland is an awesome hotel in the historic uptown region of Butte. When we say uptown, we mean what most folks think of a downtown because it's where all the tall buildings are and all the restaurants are. But it is where you want to be. Uh, Finland.com, F-I-N-L-E-N.com. Book your room there. Uh, about the same price as kind of a chain hotel, but it's not along the interstate. Um, and as you know, Montana Tech's homecoming is this weekend. I don't know if the Finland is sold out, but Probably you should go to that game. To go to that game and check out their website, F-I-N-L-E-N.com, uh, to see if there's rooms available. Because if there are, you'd be crazy to stay anywhere else. But the thing is, even if there's not a room available this weekend, which there shouldn't be because the feeling is freaking awesome, the Cavalier Lounge has a vacancy sign on because they will let you come in there. They're located in the Hotel Finland. This is the Cavalier Lounge. They have awesome music acts. That's a great call. Thank you, yes. They have awesome musical acts that are regularly cycling through. Uh, So go in and listen to some great music. And they also have some of the best Montana beers on tap. And everybody tells us that they go there now because of us, basically. And go try that smooth hop right here. It's that kind of traption that infuses your beer with fresh fruit and ingredients and chills it to the perfect temperature. Most bars in Montana have great beer. Like, we love our microbrewers, everything's great. But the Cavalier Lounge is like, let's take it one step farther. And they made themselves the only bar in the country that has a smooth operator. And we know how much you love that. It is worth the trip to Butte just for the smooth operator. After you have a beer, you're gonna realize, I'm not gonna drive home after this. So get your room at the Finland. Have a few years out of there. Safety first. Stay there. Enjoy the music. Have a great time. The Finland's the best. We love them for sponsoring this podcast and sponsoring all of the Montana Mint podcasts. So check them out. Finland.com. Did you know that Uptown is the second largest historic district in the United States? Hmm. Nice fact. Thank you. So Hotel Finland, F-I-N-L-E-N.com. Go stay there. You will thank us. 
All right, so let's get into the Big Sky as a whole. We have really, we've skipped around a lot and talked about the Big Sky, but let's get into some grades. It's, it's, it's time to do some grades. Yeah, we're about at the halfway point. We'll call these our midterm grades. We do this every Ooh, once in a while. We'll go team by team, giving them a letter grade. First team up is Cal Poly. They are two and four overall, one and two in the conference. Losses at NDSU, home for Weber State, uh, at Eastern Washington, at home for Montana, and then wins against uh, Brown and Sac State. I kind of had high hopes for these guys coming into the year. Two and four is not going to cut it. I'd give them a, a D plus thus far. Well, you read my mind. I'm going D plus, D plus. B. Well, they got they got absolutely blown out by Eastern. Montana had their way with them. But I'm telling you, they exposed Sac State, so that's where they get the plus. It's a D plus for Cal Poly. Okay. Eastern Washington, uh, pretty obvious. We just a. say A plus. Yeah, pretty stop obvious. It right there. Yeah, they've lost. They've beat they're everybody, so but Washington. They're so State. good. Yeah, they're awesome. And they were in that game too. So A plus. Move on to the next one. We don't want to talk about Eastern any more than we have to. <laughs> and on the opposite end, uh, you know, Idaho, exact same record as Cal Poly, who would just give a D plus. But we thought this was going to be the star student of the classroom, right? Like we. <laughs> We thought that this guy was going to be competing for a top grade in the class. They have been super or bad. Girl. Or girl. Or girl, yeah. Um, loss, blown out of the water by Fresno State. Big win over Western New Mexico State. Then they have their bye. Since their bye, they've lost at UC Davis, got blown out of the water at Idaho State, and then they squeaked by a very dominant Portland State team. Um, I will give them a D because nice. one – they have a, a stupid non-conference schedule. They also have to play Florida at the end of the year. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but, I mean, it, it sucks. I, I, hopefully they get better, but um, I, I give them a D. I'm giving them an F. Uh, when you only well, – I shouldn't say only lose – or only beat Portland State by that many points because some teams lose to Portland State. But um, – when you do that to, against Portland State and then you go against an in-state rival that you don't look at as a rival at all because you looked at Boise State as a rival, you looked at these other teams in the FBS as rivals, you drop down and your fan base is like, screw it, like it's Idaho State, like who cares? And then you get absolutely manhandled like that. That's so embarrassing. That's that's an F. Like, yeah, it, it's un, it just it doesn't make sense to me. It, it, that's an F for Idaho. Yeah, you just got absolutely shit canned by Idaho State. There's no way you could get it anything other than an F. You know, you've talked me into it. They're yeah, their two two wins are against really bad teams. F. And um, they lost that in-state game again. It's just bad. It's yeah. bad right now in Moscow. Yeah, uh, Idaho State, three and zero in conference, four and one overall. This is you know the darling of the year. This um, is the sack state of last year. So I made fun of them going into the season because they had their bye week and they played a, a I think a division two school in Western state, Colorado, and then a bye week in week two. And I predicted that they would lose their next four games. Uh, but they went and played Cal tough on the road, beat UND, beat NAU, and then beat Idaho. Now those schools were not as good as we assumed they'd be beginning of the year, but still that record speaks for itself. They've exceeded all expectations and I have to give them an A. Yep. I'm giving them an A as well. Um, Nobody saw this coming. Rob Fennessey is obviously doing some big things up there um, with Idaho, so I'd have to give them um, an easy A there. And it'll be interesting to see what they do the rest of the season, obviously, but 
Shit, after, after you do that to your in-state rival, 62-28 to 28 last weekend, there's no way you're getting anything but an A from us. So uh, it's, it's fun to see them kind of do that. We like their uniforms. So that's, that's one reason we're pretty excited about this. Mm-hmm. The next, next up we have the Montana Grizzlies. Now, at the beginning of the year, if you told me after week six, the Grizz would be four and two, two and one in conference, and have a point differential of over 50 points at this point of the season, I'd be like, wow, it's, that's pretty good. It's probably in the B, B-plus range. But what, that, what you wouldn't know at the beginning of the year is that they lost, they failed the biggest test of the semester. And that brought their grade down all the way to a C minus. That Portland, no, they, that Portland State loss, that Portland State loss is unforgivable. They literally failed an open book quiz. <laughs> that, like, it, that, that was a, like they failed an important test. They like the teacher was like hungover and was like, "Hey, just copy this damn textbook down and call it a test." And they got beat by Portland State. I'm giving them a D plus. No, no, no. I'm giving them a C minus for that one. I'm giving them a C minus because they did handle their business against Cal Poly, who may not be as bad as we think they are. They handled their business against Northern Iowa at the beginning of the year. We can't forget about that. So I will say a C minus. The minus is definitely coming from that uh, Portland State loss, and it's bordering on a D plus. So they better do some extra credit here. Yeah, that's that's one of those tests where the teacher looks at you and says. This, like how the shit did you mess that up? This test, this this test can't can't hurt you, but it can't. <laughs> but it, it can't it can't help you, but it will hurt you if you yeah, do super and poorly. And so it did. I'm giving them a C minus. Uh, the Northern Iowa win is looking pretty good though. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Montana State, um, three and two overall, one and one in conference. Uh, wins against Western Illinois, Wagner, and Portland State. Losses against South Dakota State. Eastern Washington. They also had their bye week last week. I, I think it's a pretty good spot for the for the Cats. Uh, Jeff Choate had his they are who we thought they were uh, moment. Um, this is where he thought they'd be. So, yeah, exceeded. Uh, they met expectations. I'll give them a, a B. Nothing really stands out as impressive. You still have a linebacker playing quarterback. But um, mm-hmm. a big win over Idaho, and, you know, I'm willing to bump the Cats up above where they are. I'm giving them a B as well. I mean, echoing what you said, they have a linebacker and quarterback. You wonder about their ceiling, um, but they've kept it off the floor, in my opinion. Uh, their two losses are to some ridiculous teams that are another level that we cannot compete with, and most teams can't. And so um, I'm giving them a B, and this week's going to be a huge test. It's one of those tests where you really see what they're made of against a team like Idaho. Um, they're not the bottom echelon. They're not the bottom uh, you know, fifth of the FCS. They're not the top fifth of the FCS. So it's going to be really interesting, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with the B there um, for their wins, yeah. Okay, next up we got Northern Arizona, 3-3 three and three overall, 2-1 and one in the big sky. Uh, they had high hopes coming into the year, but uh, Case Cook has been injured and it's been super No, he's bizarre. MIA. Yeah, we believe, I, on, I'm going to look into this as well, this is some more homework, that he may have been kidnapped or... Uh, Maybe they're covering up something down there at NAU. It's just so strange that we can't get... We have more information on Gabe, Gage Gabrud, who's been injured one week, and we already have a status of questionable this week. We have more information on him than we have on Case Cookus in the last four. Yeah. So, you know, three and three, the, their win against Southern Utah doesn't look as good as it did 
uh, early in the year, um, but they still played Eastern Washington tough, uh, 31-26 in week two. They have wins. They had a win over Weber, which is obviously nice, and a win over UTEP, who is FBS. That was a good win over Weber State last weekend. Totally. That was a good comeback. Yeah, yeah and the loss to Idaho State isn't as bad as sure. know, we thought it was. Idaho State now appears to be for real. So, um, especially given the injury, 2-1 and one overall, I mean, they right now are number five in the conference um, in terms of record. I... I guess B plus, B B plus. Yeah, I'd have to go with a B plus. I think they're exceeding everybody's expectations. I moved them up to number three in our Big Sky Power Rankings this week. Uh, that you can find at Montana-Mint.com. Little plug there. Nice, like good work. They should be ranked. They should be ranked. I have them rank. I have them in the Power Rankings above Weber State, Montana State, and Montana. Uh, somehow they're outside the top twenty-five poll, but I don't think I. I think Idaho State is for real. They have some players on that team, so I'm giving them a. I'm giving them an A minus. Uh, just for the expectations they had going into the season and expectations they have like every year, this year they're showing up. And I, I'm, I'm kind of standing for Idaho State. I know they're Montana Parlay's big crush. Um, I'm giving them an A minus. Okay, I, I'm fine with it. I, I was it's because kinda... I want to see them do it against a really good team. Yeah, um, yeah. When they have their and, bye week. Right there, their bye week. week is freaking amazing. This week is Idaho State, UC Davis. This is going to show us who the pretender and who the contender is. Yeah, fair enough. Um, next up, Northern Colorado. This is an F. They're zero and six. <laughs> they're they're so bad. They're really bad. Um, they did. <laughs> they had a cute little comeback against UC Davis, where they threw up. They put up twenty six uh, unanswered points in the fourth quarter to screw up everybody's UC Davis bet. So Davis was a. 14-point favor going into that game. And then Northern Colorado, they were up like 46 to 10 or something like yeah. that. And then Davis put up 26 points and screwed up every the whole spread. So if you bet on Davis, you were already spending the money in your mind that Northern Colorado came back and did that. They get an app. They're horrible. They so are. Bad. They're horrible. So um, and, you know, unfortunately they can't use their bye week to kind of regroup uh, because they scheduled their bye week for the last week of the season. Well, they want to be fresh for the playoffs. <laughs> you don't want to screw up your playoff bid by losing on the last week of the season. Oh, my God. We said they're over under at the beginning of the year. We set at two. Um, I just don't see how they get two wins going forward. Like, like we talked, like uh, Montana Parlay and I talked about last week, is like there's something about playing in Greeley that screws with you as a visiting team. They may pull off like a surprise win just because. Um, how hard it is to play at Greeley with literally no atmosphere and the grass must be like three inches long. Yeah. Uh, Reese Phillips said it was the worst worst stadium in the league. Um, next up we have Portland. Friend of the podcast, Reese Phillips. Yeah. We have Portland State, a frisky Portland State Vikings oh. team. My God. Uh, Where did you come from, Portland State? They, they are uh, two and four overall. I don't think we have to talk about anything else yeah. this season. Uh, I will say, last week. I will say that they go, um, they play Northern Colorado at home this week. Then they have a bye, and then they play Sac State. Yeah, you know, they frisky. may. They could be frisky if they're ever going to be frisky. This would be the time to do it. This is a little frisky run here. So, uh, I have to rank them <laughs> above the Grizz just because of the the win over them. So I'll give them a C. It's the, it's the funny thing. It's like, um, what's the movie where the girl, everybody thinks she's not good looking and then they like make her over and she's good looking. And she's all that. 
She's all that. Maybe this is the she's all that. They looked ugly at the beginning of the season, and then, you know, they got a little frisky on the Grizz, and everybody's going to be taking them seriously. I don't know. Yeah. I'm still giving I mean, they're still bad. Like, they're really bad. Montana State doubled them up with a linebacker and quarterback. Idaho got them. Uh, it was closer than people probably thought it was going to be, but um, I'm going to still I'm going to give them a C plus. The plus is definitely for beating the Grizz. They're not good, um, and not one game doesn't a season make like you said. So I'm giving them a C plus. That win against the Grizz was unbelievable. Okay, next up we got Sac State. Uh, they are uh, they have wins at St. Francis. And Northern Colorado losses. St. Francis of Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, the bad St. Francis. Uh, Losses at San Diego State, Montana, uh, and to Cal Poly this weekend. We've we've touched on it already. They are kind of having a disappointing year, but I think they're probably reverting back to their mean. Um, 0-2 in the conference, 2-3 overall. Seems like a solid C-. minus. D. D. It's a D. Yeah, I'll they were the they no, were, they were the C minus. Yeah, you stick with your guns. Uh, they were everybody's sweetheart coming into this season. I yes, I will toot my own horn here. I saw them for what they were. Their easy schedule last year. I don't think that a program like that turns around that quickly. So, um, mostly for taking some of the press away from Montana State and people thinking that they were going to be better than the Cats. I'm giving them a D. It's not all their fault, but um, like I said, they're frauds. It sucks that the Northern Colorado game was a non-conference game, so they don't even get that as a conference win. Why the hell would you even schedule Northern Colorado for a non-conference game? Who knows? I um, guess it's a Division One win, I guess, so you're not you're like basically scheduling a Frontier Conference team, but you're getting an FCS win out of it. Yeah. Uh, we have, coming up, Southern Utah, obviously an F, 0-5. Yeah, F, and they can't... Like I said in the power rankings, you go when you hear that Gage Gabrud is not going to be playing, you're like, all right, we're going here with a chance, and then they just get beat 55-17. It's like, you're done, so. But what I did notice was that they're playing a Sac State team who may be right for the picking. Mm. Something Utah might get it this weekend. Yeah, they go Sac State. And we'll get into the, we'll get into the um, spread here in a second when we do our gambling picks, but... Uh, I don't know. Southern Utah might get their first conference win. We might be dropping down someone down to the bottom tier. They have Sac State, Idaho, and UNC for their next three. You have to think that they get at least one win. It's there. just they're already screwed for the season with yeah. how they had to open up that conference schedule. So, uh, but they were they're a team that are, they were kind of sweethearts of everybody too. So we both had to give them an F though. Yeah, big time F. Uh, UC Davis. Is up next. They are two and zero oh in the conference, four and one overall. This is my crush. This is yeah. my crush. Well, do you want to take it over? Go ahead. Um, I love this team. If I wasn't a Montana State fan, this would be the team whose gear I'd be buying. Uh, I'd be getting season tickets probably and flying down to Northern uh, to Davis to watch these games. Um, I find them fascinating. They have Dan Hawkins as their coach. I'm giving them an A plus. They are the teacher's pet. I love them. A lot, a lot. Totally, A plus. I love them. A sh- I love them a shit ton. A plus. There's, there's no blemish on their record. I mean, the only loss was Jake. At Jake Meyer is so good. Yeah. 
Um, uh, I just they're awesome. And this this game this week, I am so excited for. Um, I'm obviously excited for Montana State Idaho, but this game, Idaho State UC Davis, is going to it's going to be like Christmas. I'm going to be trying to get to bed on Friday night. It's going to be like <laughs> Christmas Eve. I'm so excited for this game. You have no idea, and I don't know where it came from. Like, why did UC Davis all become my crush like this? It's just like the girl that came back um, from summer vacation, and she just turned insanely hot. Yeah, they'd... and now now I'm crushing hard, man. Good for you, man. I like it when Thanks. you're in love. Thanks, um, man. Weber State is our last one. They have uh, they're two and three overall. Losses at Utah, at NAU, and then wins at Cal Poly in a non-conference game. UNC and South Dakota. Uh, I mean, they're still ranked. I think they're about way overrated. Way overrated. Um, so I guess C plus. Yeah, I'll go with a C. Um, a couple good wins in there, but they should have beat NAU without Case Cookies if they're the real deal. I don't think they're the real deal. Um, none of their wins really excite me, so I'll give them a C, kind of to, to be determined on them. Okay. Well, that's it for the grades. Um, I know you have the lines for yeah, each so of these games. We've talked about each of the games, so let's just kind of do the lines. Oh, and we have an announcement. Um Montana oh, yeah. parlay, zero and three, the last two weeks. We had to, we had to, we had to suspend him. Montana parlay is serving a one-week suspension. It's indefinite, actually. Um, we told him one week, but um, HR told us it was actually indefinite. So we'll yeah. see how this week goes. Um, thoughts and prayers to Montana parlay. Yeah. So we'll see how Nate and I do against the spread. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at each line. We're not going to discuss them. We're going to give our picks. We will write them down and we will report on them next week to see who is the new um, gambling expert of the Montana Mint. So I'm going to start you off. I'm going to let you go first here. Um, Montana, I'm going to start out with, uh, we're not going to, we're going to leave the Montana State and the, U, the UM game for last. So we're going to start okay. out with the game that's literally going to have no impact on the Big Sky Conference. It's Northern Colorado against Portland State. Portland State comes into this game as a two and a half point favorite. Who are you taking? Portland State. All right, so we got uh, Bear Tycoon, Portland State laying two and a half. I'm going to agree with him there. So you and I are both taking Portland State laying two and a half. Let's move on to the next one. This is where it gets really interesting actually. Eastern Washington uh, going to Weber State. Eastern Washington opens as a three and a half point favorite. Ooh, I'm going Eastern. I, I think they're I don't going to blow them out of the water. That's the thing, and I, you and I are going to agree on this game, and you know it would make good radio to disagree and have a debate on this, but I think you and I are going to bet the condo on Eastern Washington covering three and a half against Weber. Yeah, we want we want our fans to be making money. Yeah, so take Eastern there, and that's where I'm going to put my uh, my G chain on that one. My guarantee chain is going on Eastern Washington minus three and a half. All right. I got it out of the way early. Love it. All right, let's go to another game that's really not going to have any impact on the conference. Sacramento State uh, taking on Southern Utah. Southern Utah coming into this game is a two-point favorite. That's incredible. They haven't won a game all year, and they're favored. Um, God. I so guess I'll go, Utah. I'll go Southern Utah. All right, we I would not first mismatch. I would not bet any money on this game. Uh, no, I wouldn't either, but I'm going to take Sack and the points. 
So I'm going to take Sac, uh, Sac State. I just talked a hell of shit about them the whole time on this podcast, calling them frauds and everything else. But I am going to take Sac State and take two points. I think they win that game outright. Um, so I'll just pad my win with two points there. And I'm just being a wimp thinking that the folks in Vegas know something we don't know. Yeah, they may, but I think a lot of times they don't even know what the hell's going on in FCS. But um, remember that Montana State was at one point favorite against Eastern Washington. <laughs> so Good point. there's that. <laughs> so let's get into um, the top three games I think of the week. Uh, first, we're going to go with UC Davis going to, or UC Davis is actually hosting Idaho State. My crush versus Montana Parlay's crush. Davis is opening up at a seven and a half point favorite over Idaho State. You go first on this one. I'm going to actually take Idaho State getting seven and a half points here. I know I just talked about how much I love Davis. I think they win this game, but I think Idaho State getting seven and a half points, I think it's going to be closer than uh, an eight-point game. So I'm going to take the points. I think Davis wins, but I'm going to take Idaho State getting seven and a half. You know, I'm going Davis. Um They've just looked so tough. Wow, okay. And I like I like Idaho State too, but as we talked about, they, they don't really have that defining win. Um, True. I'm going Davis. I'm going Davis. All right, so we have our all right, so now let's get into the two games that everybody on this podcast cares about. Um, let's start with Montana heading to Grand Forks, North Dakota. Montana is going to go into this game as a two point favorite. So they're minus two. What do you got? North Dakota. I'm not trusting right, so, this Grizz team. So Bear Tycoon is going to take UND plus two. You and I are agreeing on that. I'm going to take UND plus two. Uh, getting points after what UM just did, uh, I think you have to take that. So you and I are going to agree on that. And then finally we get we leave this one because it is homecoming. It's at home. Montana State is hosting Idaho for the first time since 1995. Montana State is a seven-point favorite in this game. Who do you have here? Well, I already gave my guarantee chain that Montana would win this game. Yep. I I think that they will also cover. Not a guarantee. Right. The win is the guarantee, uh, but I'm taking Montana State to, to cover. Okay, so being the biggest homer I am, I, a lot of times I, uh, if it comes to Montana State, I would bet with my heart, not with my head. But in this instance, I... I have Montana State. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking Montana State's going to win this game by a touchdown. You're gonna kill me for this. You're gonna. Uh, I'm taking Idaho plus seven. I think it's gonna be closer. It's gonna be either a push or closer than seven points. So You're I'm going to take chicken shit. <laughs> it's not. It's it is kind of a hedge and it is kind of chicken shit. But if I'm talking about my money here that I'm putting down in Vegas, I'm gonna take Idaho getting seven points. All right. Well, let's see how we I do. Have to. We'll see how we okay, do against. So Park. I have those written down. We will tweet those out on a Saturday night after all the games are finished and see if we can take down Montana Parlay. Perfect. So that's how you make money this week. Again, Montana Parlay on probation. We'll see how long that lasts. It's not looking good for him, though. So make some money with Bear Tycoon and me. So now let's get into maybe one of my favorite parts of this podcast, the Calgary Stampeders part of this podcast. Are you excited? Big Stamps fans. So... It's a couple of days past now, but we, we put it out on Twitter. Uh, but happy Thanksgiving to you, Bear Tycoon. Happy th- Canadian Thanksgiving to you. Thanks, man. And same to you. 
Thanks. I really do appreciate that. And so our beloved Stamps played on Thanksgiving Day against the Montreal Alouettes and Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, the quarterback of the Montreal Alouettes, one of the bottom feeders of the Canadian Football League. It was a test. This was a test on Monday. We did escape. Calgary Stamps escaped with a 12-6 win over the Montreal Alouettes. They speak French in Quebec. Did you know that? I did. It's their official language. So the Montreal Alouettes... Uh, had a four-year winning streak over the Calgary Stampeders. Not anymore. Not anymore because our boy Alex Singleton went in there. He had six tackles, uh, made sure that Johnny Football couldn't get anything going, and came out of there with their first win in four years at Molson Stadium. Uh, when I read that it was Molson Stadium, it took me back to college <laughs> when I was a freshman. When, when I was a freshman at Montana State, one of the um, gas stations by the school had a Molson party pack, which was fifty Molsons for like twenty bucks. Uh, one of our boys had a fake ID. We snuck in the back up in North Hedges in a hiking backpack and had Molson's for about two weeks. Uh, and it actually cemented my love for Molson. I haven't had it in a while, but uh, that's my little story about Molson beer. So uh, Stamps win 12 to 6. They're already in the playoffs. They're just playing for pride right now and for seeding, apparently. So great job by the Stamps. And guess what's coming up this weekend on Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time for our Stamps? Uh, homecoming? No, they don't have homecoming in the pros. Mm. Even better, the Stamps are hosting the British Columbia Lions, led by none other than our boy, Travis Lule. Oh, come on. Stamps all the way. Travis Lule. How many teams make the playoffs in the CFL? A lot. Most every Most team. Most every team. But it doesn't matter. We don't want to talk about that. We're going to talk about Travis Lillet coming back. He's a 35-year-old coming back from a left shoulder injury. He's been on the bench for the last three games. He's coming back. He's going to play our Stampeders. This one tugs at my heartstrings, but I'm loyal to the Stamps. You know I'm loyal to the Stamps. I text you about the Stamps every single day. Um, Alex Singleton is maybe one of the biggest fans of our podcast, and he's going to be a recurring guest. We have the Stamps winning this game. There's no question about it. Sometimes I wish I didn't have to pick between these two teams, especially when Lule is back. But uh, our Stamps are going to win. They're going to keep improving their seeding. They're the best team in the Canadian Football League. Any thoughts on the Stamps? I'm so happy for Alex. I'm so happy for Coach Dickinson. I'm so happy for our Stamps. The season is going just as we thought it would. They look there's, awesome. At, thi- at this point, I don't want. I really don't want to jinx it, but there's almost no way we don't reach the Grey Cup, and this is our year. It's, would you say it's the Stamps it's year? It's the Stamps year. I mean, after the Thanksgiving miracle on Monday... It's totally their year. And that just shows that even when a game is not going their way offensively, they can still hunker down on defense, take down Johnny Football, win the game. All they had to do was just get out of there with a W. It didn't have to look pretty. That's what I wanted to see this week from the Stamps. Did, did they knock Montreal out of the playoffs? Did I read that? They did, yeah. So Montreal is now mathematically eliminated with like six weeks left. <laughs> so it's not like it's not like they were going into like a like – a, play-in game at the end of the year, like game 164, 63 in the MLB playoffs. But, um, yeah, knocked uh, Johnny Football's out of the playoffs, so he will have no postseason yet again. And that CFL comeback's really going well. Yeah, well, I think that uh, the Stamps just showed them that you can't just come up there, run your mouth, and uh, be a good quarterback. It takes a lot more than just name recognition to play up in the Canadian Football League. So we're excited. Uh, Stamps are on a roll. They're 12-2. And uh, things are looking really good for us. We're the number one Stamps podcast in the country. The entire country. Um, and the, the, literally the entire country. From coast to coast, from border to border. Um, 
We love our stamps. We're excited, and it's our year. Love it. What else do we got? Well, I think it's it's time for um, you know you <laughs> you actually missed the best Osweiler watch of the year last week. I know week. he got in. Do you realize yeah, that? I was so sad. <laughs> you missed the Osweiler watch last week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you. What did this week's Osweiler watch look like? So as everyone knows, Brock got in two weeks ago, dominated for dominated. I think he should be starting four somewhere. pass attempts. He should be starting somewhere. He should be starting in Miami. Miami's starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, is currently the 25th-ranked quarterback in the NFL. Brock is easily, like, the 20 to 23rd best quarterback. Get Brock in there. He didn't get in this, week, in this week's game against the Bengals, which is a real shame. The Dolphins are nosediving all the way down to 3-2, and two, thanks in large part to the shitty play of Ryan Tannehill. Get Brock in the game. This is outrageous. Give us Brock. Everybody wants it. And if you're not going to play him, trade him to some of that will. Yeah, and we're going to cover him because we're also the country's number one Brock Osweiler podcast. That's true, too. So um, there's a lot of things that we're really good at. One is covering Cats and Grizz. We're the number one Cat Grizz podcast. We're the number one Calgary Stampeders podcast. And we're the number one Brock Osweiler podcast. So we pick and choose our niches, and we do really good at uh, really well at every single one of those. But like I think my landing point for Brock would be San Francisco because uh, C.J. Beathard is not the answer there. Yeah, he's not the answer to anything. To anything. So that's our Osweiler watch. We will now, uh, we talked about Josh Hustis earlier in this podcast. We're going to start our Hustis watch next week. The NBA season's right around the corner. Our boy Josh Hustis is back in the saddle with the Spurs. We're not going to do a Hustis watch since we already did that during our second and ten, but we're really excited to be able to uh, track him this year. So, all right, man, I'm ready for the weekend. I can't wait, man. we got lots of good football to watch. Got a lot of good football to watch. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, so don't get married this weekend. This is the weekend where you're going to want to, uh, you know, tune in to all these Big Sky games. Yeah, they're going to be on Pluto. The Cats are going to be on Root Sports, but it's worth it just to be able to see our teams play. Um, we're excited. Montana State hosting Idaho. UM going to North Dakota. Those two games are going to be amazing. So <sighs> I'm re-energized, man. I'm so glad to have you back. So glad to be back. And everybody... Go check out the Grizz Fan Podcast with Mike and Luke. JV. They are uh, crushing it over there with some good Grizz content. And check out the Montana Middle, which is the Mint's Politics Podcast. This week, Dan West, host Dan West, had on Corey Stapleton um, for a really nice interview. So check both those out, and we'll catch you next week. All right, so we're going to let Lady Lou and the Bird Dogs play us out, just like they played us in. And uh, we can't wait to talk to everybody next week. All right, have a great weekend.